Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, August 23rd. Today on the show, we will break down everything that we learned from the Titans' win over Tampa Bay on Saturday, including position battles at wide receiver, at offensive line, at quarterback, at running back, just how good the defense was, how excited people should be for this rookie class, what it means for the team that Mike Vrabel has tested positive for COVID, but we begin with the tragic passing of a friend. So I know you're probably listening to this wondering, man, how is this free podcast available to me? Well, that's because of the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned award-winning custom home and remodeling firm, brings it to you every single day for free. They are our wonderful sponsor here on the show, and you should support them by remembering the name, the Kingston Group, and the website, buildkg.com. When you're in the market for a big decision about your house, just remember the Kingston Group's name. That's all we're asking. And when the time does come to make a big decision about a remodel or a rebuild or a new addition, something big with the house, make sure you check out the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. So I sat down Saturday and Sunday and tried to write what I felt about the passing of Floyd Reese, how to encapsulate 21 years of work for a franchise as an assistant coach, a general manager, building a Super Bowl team, drafting players. You guys know all the names, McNair, George, Wycheck, Mason, Curse, Bullock, Vanden Bosch, Mawai. We can go on and on down the list. In fact, even having a hand potentially in John Robinson being the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. But I've struggled so much with writing down and trying to script out the words that I feel. All I really got to was just sort of a list of words. Um, class, humility, kindness, football, Titans, Nashville, passion, um, smile. He just always had a smile on his face. I worked with him for three years at 102.5 The Game as a co-worker, and he always had time to listen, whether I was complaining about sports and, and, and the job or my two small children. Um, he always was there with a story, with some wisdom, and with a smile. And I, I struggled so much to write down all the things, but I think the, the, the kindness and the class and the love of the game are the things that I will remember, and, and the story that about calling Steve Underwood, the person who fired him, to recommend John Robinson for the job, I think is sort of one of those anecdotes that just shows you the reason that he is so highly thought of, the reason, you know, I use the words humility and class to describe him. It was a pleasure. It was an honor to have spent three years working alongside him. Um, and Nashville will not be the same without Floyd Reese. Rest in peace. Well, that didn't take long. Uh, after two preseason games, COVID has reared its ugly head with the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel announced on his press conference on Sunday that he has tested positive after waking up with a sore throat on Sunday morning following Saturday's win over Tampa. He can be back at the facility with two negative tests over the next 48 hours. If not, then it's a 10-day quarantine. Vrabel seems to be doing fine. He has minor symptoms, talked a lot of football, of course, during the press conference as well, says that he doesn't believe that any other players or any other people have tested positive, and that, of course, we don't know exactly who's going to be contact traced into quarantine or into these protocols, depending on who's vaccinated or unvaccinated. So, hooray, two weeks into the preseason, we're already having to discuss COVID. 
The good news, I suppose, for the Titans as they transition to sort of a normal game week practice schedule this week, it means that Jim Hazlitt and Jim Schwartz, who both have been NFL head coaches, will probably be handling sort of the management of the day-to-day practice and routine while Vrabel uh, is is in quarantine. And, and those two guys have a ton of experience. So it should not be a huge impact on the team and their development and their growth over the next couple of days, especially if Vrabel is back on the practice field within the 48 hours. But man, isn't it just so much fun to have to talk about COVID and football at the same time? Isn't it a blast? I love it. The Titans defeated the Buccaneers 34-3 on Saturday night in preseason game number two, and the story really isn't all that different from that of their first win against Atlanta last weekend. The defense was very, very good against backup players. None of the offensive starters played a single snap except for Anthony Frickser. Depth along the offensive line is still a major concern, and the team rolled to an easy win while giving rookies and depth pieces plenty of time and space to prove themselves. Even the kicker was good again. Sam Ficken went two for two, including a 58-yarder, and made all four extra points. For what it's worth, in two games, Ficken is three for three on field goals, six for six on extra points, and is 48 of 53 in camp since arriving. Tucker McCann did not play. So let's go rapid fire with what we saw in Saturday night's game, and more importantly, what does it mean? The defense was great again, and for the first three or four series, a majority of the starters were in there. Only Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, and Jackrabbit Jenkins did not start. And while it was against the Bucks' backups, they once again dominated. The Buccaneers ran 16 plays, gained 33 yards, punted three times, and were stopped on a fourth and short in their first four possessions. Even the backups for Tennessee played well, forcing three turnovers, holding Tampa to 17 yards rushing, and two of 14 on third downs. Take this for what it is worth, but over two games, defensively, Tennessee has allowed six points, 346 yards, not one trip inside their own red zone, and has given up just four first downs on 26 third down chances. What does it mean? Not a ton, but it does confirm what I've seen in practice all camp long. This unit is deeper, more talented, more balanced, younger, and more athletic than last year's team by a mile, in particular up front and in the secondary. Are they all of a sudden going to be an elite unit in the NFL? No, but this group can absolutely be an average middle-of-the-pack defense, and that's all it might take to go from losing in the first round to the AFC title game. How about all the rookies? Well, we can start with the good. Elijah Molden and Caleb Farley, defensive backs, made their debut in two-tone blue. Molden was exceptional, posting eight tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, a forced fumble, and a deflective pass that turned into an interception. He was everywhere and produced a very Logan Ryan stat line. We've all been huge fans of his game for a while, and I would expect him to play a ton in the slot this year. Farley got just 16 snaps and looked like he was playing in his first football game in over two years. Per usual, the talent is obvious, but the mental mistakes are there as well. Getting lined up correctly, biting on double moves, these are the things he's going to have to work out before he can be out there against first-team NFL offenses. Rashad Weaver played 54 snaps while Monty Rice played 37, and Weaver once again flashed on film. He is playing his way into a rotational spot, and while Rice was once again dependable, he hasn't done anything in two games or in camp to show that he's ready for anything more than a backup role. On offense, Dylan Radens is getting all that he can handle, once again playing the vast majority of the game. He was beat routinely in pass protection, clearly is very talented, and clearly isn't ready for the starting right tackle spot, a position for which he was drafted to play. 
Racy McMath didn't play a single offensive snap, but saw a ton of time on special teams, while Des Fitzpatrick caught two passes, including a 23-yard touchdown in the second half. What does this mean? Well, it means this draft class looks ready to be a major factor on defense, and it looks like it won't impact the offense in any way, at least in the short term. Is one touchdown catch going to change Fitzpatrick's entire body of work? Is Dylan Radens ready to compete for the starting right tackle spot? Of course not. But it's nice to see Fitzpatrick take a small step after getting called out publicly by the coaching staff. This offensive collection of rookies has a long way to go to become contributors. So what about the offense? The skill position players in the offensive line. Well, the offensive line is still a major concern behind the starting five, of which none of them have played a snap in the preseason. So at least they're getting lots of work. But after allowing three sacks and not being able to run the ball much in the first half, I still have major, major questions about the depth behind the starting five offensive linemen. And I'm not sure where the answers are going to come from other than just trying to develop guys like Raidens as quickly as possible. As it pertains to the skill players on offense, well, here's what's interesting. Makai Sargent once again led the team in rushing after doing so against Atlanta. 16 carries, 78 yards, and clearly looks like the most downhill, most dynamic player in the backfield. I am curious because Jeremy McNichols still got reps before him. Five carries for negative nine yards. There were just way too many defenders in the backfield when McNichols was playing. I don't really think it's his fault that his stat line was what it was. And Sargent getting all these second-half reps, I don't know if that means he's getting a chance to be the third running back behind Darrington Evans and Derrick Henry, or if he's just the guy to carry the football in the second half of preseason games. Same thing goes for Mason Kinsey at wide receiver. Once again, like Atlanta, leading the team in receptions and yards. Six catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown. He is clearly showing that he can make plays and will make the difficult catch. But they have so many decisions to make at this position. Chester Rogers had a couple of nice catches and, again, another big special teams play on Saturday against Tampa Bay, although it was called back. Nick Westbrook-Akine has got some talent and is in this mix. Marcus Johnson did not play. Brian Hill got in the game late. I, I don't know what to make of the rotation pieces at running back or at wide receiver right now for this Titans team. We know who the stars are. But who's the supporting cast going to be? I still think John Robinson has a ton of difficult decisions. The quarterback battle. Do we have one? Matt Barkley, of course, played all of the second half against Atlanta. Logan Woodside played all of the first half against Atlanta. That was not the case against Tampa. They alternated series. Matt Barkley finished 12 of 16 with 115 yards and two touchdowns. Of his six possessions, the Tennessee Titans scored on four of them. Logan Woodside was 7 of 8 passing, 64 yards and a touchdown. Of his six possessions, they only scored once. Is there a legitimate quarterback battle brewing here? I don't know. I think Matt Barkley is clearly the more talented player, but Logan Woodside is extremely well thought of. They really have to decide, is Logan Woodside the best possible option to back up Ryan Tannehill? I don't know if he can win you any games if he has to come in and play for an extended period of time. I think he clearly has set a, a floor for the backup role for this team that no other quarterback has been able to reach. Maybe this is a quarterback battle after all, but Logan Woodside did get the start and played the first two possessions. His offensive line didn't give him much help. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the wonderful people over at the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com is the website. If you're making a huge decision about your home, you need to talk to the Kingston Group. They are trustworthy. They are locally owned. They are award-winning. They are everything you could ever want out of a company working on your most valuable possession, your home. Check out the work, buildkg.com. That's the Kingston Group. 
Thank you guys all for listening. I'm going to have a major prediction for the Tennessee Volunteers coming up on Tuesday's show. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. That is all that we ask is for you to just tell somebody about the product. We greatly appreciate it. And as usual, we appreciate you listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 444 Monday, August 23rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. <laughs>